the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Ooh, yeah. Nice to talk about Joe Biden. Wasn't he great last night? And he was his authentic self. You know, he did talk about our accomplishments, 12 million jobs, and actually 12 million jobs, the work of the private sector as well. Mm-hmm. But oh, uh, a presidency that enabled that to happen. Uh, 12 million jobs, uh, issues that relate to science and chips and how we go right. into the future. <laughs> I thought it was, uh, you know, if, if they could be objective, they would have to say, this is a good <laughs> I don't know why Skins and I just thought that was so funny. It's Nancy Pelosi. Bless her heart. She just was wishing she was behind that that uh, podium last night as Speaker of the House. Um, she was uh, she was almost as hard to understand in her speech as Joe Biden. So maybe I shouldn't be laughing, but I mean, it's just the extent of it's kind of like what the the listener emailed about that listening to C-SPAN that every Democrat, oh, it was great. He's just done so great for this country. The speech was so fabulous. Da, 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 da. The um, we've lost whether it whether it's the polit It's not just the politicians anymore, Skins, that um, that are just so. <sighs> I don't I don't I don't I don't know how to how to describe it. I don't want to I don't want to be ugly, but it's like how is it that we have we have ju- ju- it's one thing for a politician. I expect a politician like Nancy Pelosi to lie to us like that, right? To try to pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. But how do we have so many Americans that actually think the same way? A lot of them don't do the research and they just believe whatever is coming out of those uh, political talking heads. Like the, Nancy Pelosi can say one thing, they don't fact check. Hey, that's the gospel truth. Well, yeah, and you know we've become such sheeple. We have really become. We I, I don't recognize this culture because when I was growing up, I questioned everything, and so did everybody else that I knew. We all, you know, the one of the big jokes about parents is kids asking why, why they don't want to just accept what you're telling them, right? I remember growing up. Yeah, I, I was always a huge Reagan fan, even as a kid, and it always sticks in my mind: trust but verify. Right. I mean, I, but that we have become such sheep, and so and so locked in our own. Uh, um, we don't have any critical thinking anymore. A lot of people are giving praise to Nancy Mace because she confronted this Twitter exec. As I was saying last hour, that this Twitter, this the FBI collusion with big tech and media is not just about the Hunter Biden laptop story. It's also about controlling, suppressing speech and opinions in order to control narratives, particularly around COVID. Right? A lot of people are giving Nancy Mace 
uh, Republican a lot of credit for being, you know, bold enough to say to this uh, Gaddy or Gaddy, former Twitter exec, spelled G-A-D-D-E, I'm not sure, for, you know, basically saying, I got the shot and I've got injuries, I've got injuries from it, chronic this and this with my, you know, uh, system. Um, For me... I guess that's a good thing that she admitted that. But for me, I, I'm like, you. How, how did we have so many of our elected officials? I, I don't, this is going to sound bad to say. If we're going to have sheep that are going to just believe whatever anybody tells them, I would rather it be the average person who's out there just busting their hump all day at work, doesn't have access to the information, right? Versus people that are leaders in our government, Right. I'm not impressed by by a leader of government who just put their arm out and didn't question anything, particularly you're back in D.C. You've got access to all the truth and the information from the CDC. You can see Fauci and see that he's lying through his teeth. You've got access to all the emails and everything that went on there. Yet, you know, so part of me feels bad for her that she's got these shot injuries. Part of me is glad that she's speaking up about it. But on the other hand, it's like it's a little late. Isn't the toothpaste out of the tube on this? Here's her. Here's part of her exchange, though, with uh, Gaddy or Gaday, uh, Viaya Gaday, uh, from Twitter. Um, clip eight from another last example night. of what Twitter has done to censor folks is uh, from Dr. Martin Koldorf, a Harvard-educated epidemiologist, who once tweeted. COVID vaccines are important for high-risk people and their caretakers. Those with prior natural infection do not need it, nor children. The Twitter files reveal this tweet was deemed false information because it ran contrary to the CDC. So my first question this morning of Ms. Gaddy, may I ask of you, where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry? I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing... You guys censored Harvard-educated doctors, Stanford-educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world, and you silenced those voices. My next question is, did the U.S. government... Oh, excuse me. I have another chart I want to show you, Ms. Gaddy. Um, I have another tweet by someone with a following of a full 18,000 followers. This person put a chart from the CDC on Twitter. It's the CDC's own data, so it's accurate by your standards. And you all labeled this as misleading. You're not a doctor, right, Ms. Gaddy? No, I'm not. Okay. What makes you think you or anyone else at Twitter have the medical expertise to censor actual, accurate CDC data? I'm not familiar with these particular situation. Yeah, I'm sure you're not. But this is what Twitter did. They labeled this as inaccurate. It is the government's own data. It's ridiculous that we're even having to have this conversation today. It's not just about the laptop. This is about medical advice that expert doctors were trying to give Americans because social media companies like Twitter were silencing their voices. Let's let's stop her there. But it wasn't here. And it it was not... Why was so the social media companies doing it? Because they were being directed to do it by the U.S. government. While Fauci and Burks and others hid the truth. Pfizer went to a court to try to suppress the information from the American people for 75 years. 
Just the News is reporting that a Fauci paper suggested suggests that the feds knew the COVID shots were doomed from the start, quote, decidedly suboptimal. Did Nancy Mace, Mace ask about that? <sighs> Elsevier's medical, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. A medical journal, Cell Host and Microbe, published a perspective led by Fauci's office last month that shows NIAID had good reason to to believe COVID vaccines would fail even before they were authorized based on research spanning Fauci's 38-year tenure leading the NIAID. U.S. authorized COVID vaccines overwhelmingly built on the novel mRNA platform were designed to provide systemic rather than mucosal immunity administered in arms. Um, This kind of gets way in the the weeds. Basically, they knew that this technology, um, there's different roles of mucosal immunity. Yeah, this is this gets really into the it induces systemic immunity that might not be retained in the upper respiratory tracts. So. Given their research on this particular type of immunity, that basically these shots were never and, – and, and this is a, a cardiac and lung situation, right? Um, so according to their own research many years ago that they've known that this – that um, these shots were pretty much sub, suboptimal and not going to work. And yet they told you. If they had, if they didn't want to come out and tell you, you know what, we're going to take our best shot, kind of like the flu shots every year, right? That's kind of the approach. They tell you we're going to take the strains, we're going to do what we can, um, but it's not a vaccine. No, they lied and said we're, you know, one shot and you won't be able to get it or give it to anybody. That's how they presented it, and they lied. They lied, and then they had to change the definition of a vaccine. Then they had to add a second shot, a third shot, a fourth shot. And I don't recall Nancy Mace asking and didn't hear in that clip any questions about, um, although this was not an investigation into COVID, um, certainly they have suppressed information related to sudden adult death syndrome and young people dying. Some of these doctors have gotten their Twitter accounts back, but how do people get their lives back? How do their kids get how, how do kids get the two years back? So many Americans were on board with this because they were being fed the government line, being fed the government line because Twitter was suppressing it. Well, Twitter didn't suppress it on its own. And the idea that they're saying that they suppressed it because, oh, we made it. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I had to suppress this because uh, for the public health. No, it was for the, for the economic, financial health of Big Pharma and for the political health and power of the uniparty system. Going to take a break. There's a very uh, pretty brave whistleblower from the trans community about what's happening to trans kids. I'm going to have to see if I can get her on my show. We're going to share part of her story. It's very long and extensive, this expose she's written. I want to share some of it with you guys when we come back. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Uh, the Free Express has an amazing article out that you guys need to read. Uh, a conversation with whistleblower Jamie Reed. i got to reach out and see if I can get her on the show. Um, 
the article says, I thought I was saving trans kids. Now I'm blowing the whistle. I will say before I give uh, full uh, hero status to, to this individual that it, it, that uh, she worked at the Washington University School of Medicine Division of Infection Diseases. Um, that before I give full hero status, uh, long after she she stayed on with this this um, pediatric gender clinic there to transition kids, well past the point she knew that they were destroying young lives because she wanted to be able to get her five kids, you know, free college tuition. So that said, I do think that it's a great thing that this person has spoken up. And by the way, the St. Louis native is a, quote, queer woman who says she's politically left of Bernie Sanders. She worked at this um, facility for four years, um, thought it was a good thing at first because growing up, uh, she, quote, did a lot of gender uh, questioning herself. She's now married to a trans man, whatever that means. Um, she started out by, she was a case manager and did intake at the Washington University Transgender Center at St. Louis, Missouri Children's Hospital. Um, a few years ago, we didn't have any of these hospitals or gender clinics around the country. Now we have 100. She just, she explains that the center's working assumption was that the earlier you treat kids with gender dysphoria, the more anguish you prevent later on, which I, I'm here to tell you as a kid with the, with that, uh, question as a kid is absolutely not true um that's the excuse to try to go after and recruit and transition as many kids as they can but that's what the this center's doctors and therapists worked off of and after four years of her of this whistleblower working there um she said that um she was uh, distressed around but around how around a thousand young people came through their doors and i'll share with you a few of the stories that are absolutely heartbreaking devastating and and explain why she's now calling for a moratorium a halt on all of this being done to children she said uh, she could know she had to leave because this past November she could no longer participate in what was going on. Um, she said the American medical system is supposed is supposed to be uh, working um, to do no harm. Instead, they are permanently harming the vulnerable patients in their care. She said what is happening to children is morally and medically appalling. She said she was struck by the lack of formal protocols for treatment. There really weren't any. Um, she said initially the patient populated started to be kind of the traditional what you typically would see, a boy wanting to be a girl. She says, and then around 2015 or so after we started, this started getting pushed across the Western world, there was a huge increase in, in girls, uh, many with no history of anybody having any gen, you know, gender issues or whatever, suddenly themselves or with clusters of girls suddenly showing up at these gender uh, centers. She said when she started... At this facility four years ago, there were probably 10 such calls a month. Uh, when she left there, there were 50. About 70% of the new patients now are girls, some of them clusters that come in from high school. And she said that, um, and, and no matter what concern she had, anybody, there, because there were not only no protocols, it was based on a faulty premise. It was basically just an ideology. Anybody who raised any questions was immediately called a transphobe, including the fact that this woman is married to a trans person. She says the girls who came to them had many comorbidities, depression, anxiety, ADHD, eating disorders, obesity. Many were described with autism. 
last year, the British Pediatric Transgender Center found out that about one-third of patients referred were on the autism spectrum. That is particularly evil that they are preying upon autistic children uh, to push them into transgenderism. She goes on to explain that a lot of these, that a lot of the issues going on, a lot of self-diagnosis with these teenagers coming in and all these issues, it's all really related to something called social contagion uh, that's going on. Um, Now let's get to some of the details of what they do with these kids when they come in. To begin transitioning, all a girl needs is a letter of support from a therapist, which usually comes from a therapist they recommend. So they're not sending these girls to a therapist who's going to actually do an intake of who they really are. And it's going to we're going to send you to a therapist who's going to write you the letter that we need to transition you. Uh, They then they um, that they only have to see once or twice. They actually create the template for the letter. So they basically hand a form letter to a girl to sign to take to a therapist who's going to see him once or twice and send him to transition. The next step is to go on a one-time visit with an endocrinologist for a testosterone prescription. That's it. That's the extent of the analysis and evaluation emotionally, mentally, and physically of these young people before they are permanently mutilated. And they are permanently mutilated just with the pills. Many people out there are operating, and I was too, uh, at least a little bit before this article, under the under the idea that um, that or not under the idea, but a lot of people think that the only only mutilation happens when something is cut off, like top surgery, a mastectomy. Um, but and and not only did many um, uh, us adults and, and analysts looking at this not know this, the patients aren't aren't being told this either. She says, when a female takes testosterone, the profound and permanent effects of the hormones can be seen in a matter of months. Voices drop, beards sprout, body fat is redistributed, sexual interest explodes, aggression increases, and moods can be unpredictable. Our patients were told about some side effects, including stability, sterility. But after working at the center, she says she came to believe that teenagers are simply not quite, not capable of fully grasping what it means to make a decision to become infertile while still a minor. Do you think? You think? See, this person's no hero to me, Skins, because I'm glad you're you're speaking out now. But you you participated in this. You did this to these kids. You had to get emails from parents like she's got in this article, talking about how we you know we we thought this was just a blocker. We didn't know there was going to be breast development in our son. He's now got boobs. We want to stop the puberty blocker. What do we do here? And then, so this email goes back and forth between the staffers and they're like, well, I don't think we say anything at this point. Well, there's really nothing we can do. I don't think, what the one says, I don't think these parents know what this drug is. No, they didn't. This is horrible. Many encounters with patients emphasized to me how little these young people understood the profound impacts. Of course not. Of course not. You shouldn't have to be told that teenagers should, are, are not, don't, don't understand, no matter how much material is put in front of them. The center downplayed the negative consequences and emphasized the need for transition. The center's website says, left untreated gender dysphoria has as any number of consequences from self-harm to suicide. 
She goes on to say, and which is true, that there's no reliable studies showing this. In fact, her experience is opposite. I just read you one email. And by the way, this drug that this this parent writes in and says, I'm concerned about what this drug... Uh, bicolutamide, I think it is, or bicolutamide is. Um, it's not just a blocker. It's going to cause breath. I'm not sure what it does. This medication, we weren't allowed to take ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or z during COVID. But listen to what they're giving these teenagers to transition. It's a medication that's used. This is what they're giving to boys as puberty blockers. It's a medication used to treat metastatic prostate cancer. And one of its side effects is that it feminizes the bodies of the men who take it. So this is what they give to like a 60-year-old man with prostate cancer. The center prescribed this drug as a puberty blocker. As with most cancer drugs, it has a long list of side effects. And this patient experienced one of them, liver toxicity. He was sent to another unit of the hospital for evaluation, immediately taken off the drug. So they were destroying his liver. This is wrong on so many levels. It's medical abuse. It's child abuse. They're destroying children. This is what's happening in our country. Another gal, a 17-year-old biological female, she was on testosterone. Uh, she goes to the emergency room because she's just bleeding out all over the place. Come to find out she had had intercourse. What she didn't realize is that because testosterone thins uh, her you know, you know, vaginal tissues, she was literally ripped open. Vaginal laceration. I mean, there's just so many disturbing stories here. Other girls didn't understand that this testosterone was going to explode the size of their lady parts. Um, it just, it just. She says being put on powerful doses of testosterone or estrogen enough to try to trick your body into mimicking the opposite sex affects the rest of the body. I doubt that any parent who's ever consented to give their kid testosterone a lifelong treatment knows that they're also possibly signing their kid up for blood pressure medication, cholesterol medication, and perhaps sleep apnea and diabetes. Here's a letter from an email from a parent. Please be advised that I'm revoking my consent for this course of medical treatment. Grades have dropped. There's been an inpatient behavioral health visit, and now he's on five different medications, Lexapro, Trazodone, Boospar, etc. He is a shell of his former self, riddled with anxiety. Who knows if it's because the hormone blockers or the other medications. I revoke my consent. Oh, we got to get these kids young to try to save them for for their self-harm. The latest group in order to transition, and then I'll wrap this up. The latest group in, uh, for transitioning, for targeting so that they can up the numbers and transition as many as they can, according to this whistleblower, is young people from the inpatient psychiatric unit or the emergency department, St. Louis Children's Hospital. The mental health of these kids was deeply concerning. There were diagnoses of schizophrenia, PTSD, bipolar disorder, and more. Often they were already on a fistful of pharmaceuticals, yet the solution was to dump them off at this transgender clinic and, and, uh, and transition their bodies. <sighs> One example. A teenager came to us in the summer of 2022 when he was 17 years old and living in a lockdown facility because he had been sexually abusing dogs. Whatever treatment he was getting, it wasn't working. I know. Let's transition him to a girl. Wow. Wow. Congress needs to intervene 
and ban this from this country and make it illegal for this to be done to children in this country immediately. Going to take a break. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Stay tuned. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show update. I mentioned earlier about this Arizona farmer that has been arrested for murdering an illegal who had no business in this country, had been deported multiple times, charged with murder. I think the bail is a million dollars. Somebody set up a GoFundMe for him, and GoFundMe took down the fundraiser campaign. This is what I was saying earlier about this Democrat that got attacked in an elevator. And, you know, this is the this is the this is the country that the Democrats want. Right. The lawbreakers are the heroes and the American citizens, the law abiding American citizens are the ones who are getting who are treated like criminals in this country. And it just makes me just makes me really sad. But we, we can turn this around. We got to. Right. Um, speaking of GoFundMes, who's watching out there this Murtaugh trial? I don't, if you guys are trial watchers, I don't. I, I haven't been able to follow this like I have other trials, and it's really going on too long. And, and so I don't really. I, I, I haven't been able to. I haven't covered it much because I haven't been able to cover, sit and watch the trial much, and, and get any information on it. Um, but one of the. But basically, what's happening is if you watch the Amber Heard uh, trial and um, what's his name. Captain Jack Sparrow. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp trial. You saw a courtroom that was run so tight. That judge was so on point. That judge equally applied um, objections, sustaining or over, you know, whatever uh, evidence rules. I mean, that's all completely abandoned. It is literally, I tuned in today and it's like I was watching the few minutes I watched. It's like I was watching my cousin Vinny. I mean, it was like I was waiting for him to say, is that thing supercharged? Right. I mean, the accents, the fact that um, one of the witnesses today had, had the, the witnesses are all allowed to watch each other's testimony. And one guy who, who testified today had actually contributed to a GoFundMe for one of the prosecution's witnesses to help raise her money. I mean, it's like it's absolutely if you're a crime, true crime trial watcher, I suggest you watch a few minutes of it because this is like the craziest thing that I've seen. I will say this. There's lots of people from what I have seen of the evidence. I think the prosecution has made its case. I don't think it I think it defies any logical, rational reason or or um, it. there's no other explanation for how Maggie and Paul died than from him being the one that pulled the trigger. There's just the evidence comes together for me quite clearly. And I disagree with a lot of the analysts um, based upon what I've seen. I haven't needed to watch all of it because they have gone into the weeds on a lot of crap they didn't need to. Um, But I have seen key evidence and I've seen summaries of it. Um, That's my take on the Murtaugh trial. A lot of people talking about it today. Okay. Who knows what it means to be a Disney adult? I thought I was a Disney adult, meaning I was somebody that fell in love with Disney when I was a kid, went to Disney World. Um, I went to Disney World, I think, 
Magic Kingdom at Disney World before I went to Disneyland. One time we went to Disney Disneyland here in, as a kid like four times in three years. Or no, four times in one year. I mean, I love, love, love Disneyland. I'm not a big fan of Disney World, all the different parks, but I love Disneyland so much. It's just is the magic, you know, the happiest place on earth for me as a kid. My brother and sister and I loved it, took their kids there. It's just wonderful to me. But now the term Disney adult is something that's getting mocked all day. You're, are you a Disney adult, Skins? I, I, I'm a Disney adult, but not by what they're late. I hate labels like this. But uh, according to this story, no, I'm not. All right. Well, let's talk about what it means to be a Disney adult, because um The term Disney adult describes an adult who enjoys and is in some cases borderline obsessive with all things Disney. That love for Disney can translate into spending money on tickets, costumes, and even Disney-themed tattoos. In the past, some have even compared love for Disney to religion. Excuse me. Um, I'm not obsessed with Disney. I don't even own a pair of Mickey Mouse ears, but I absolutely love, love, love Disneyland. I'm thrilled every time I get to go. Would I go by myself? See, there's a video. That's, oh, I've gone many times by myself. I, I don't know that I would because it's it's so joyous for me to go with somebody and share it and look and see their face while we're right. You know what I mean? It's it, you know, I, I, I. It's not that I wouldn't go by myself, but it isn't it more fun when you go with somebody that loves. No, it, it is, too? but yeah. it is interesting to do it by yourself. I never thought I would enjoy. It. It's just different. What did you like about going by yourself? You literally get to do what you want. All day. And maybe you don't stay because you're by yourself. You don't stay all day. But the time that you're there, you you knock out what you want to knock out. And it's a lot of fun. That's actually a great idea. I got to thinking about this because they showed this TikTok video went viral. Uh, This gal posted of herself ugly crying as she was at Disney World. And she's being mocked all day long. And I'm like, this is what we're mocking in this country right now. Excuse me, is this not Super Bowl weekend or the big game weekend? Yeah, you know, if somebody wants to enjoy Disney, you know, they're no more obsessed than people are that that really get into the NFL and and the Super Bowl. Let them do it. Right. What's wrong? I, I don't understand this. You know what it is, I think? And Disney has gone woke. What was it you told me during one of the breaks earlier? How much money? Oh, they this, this is huge, Andrea. Let me just get the number. I got to dig into it more. But this uh, pop culture channel that I follow on YouTube says that Disney has just lost Dis- the Disney Plus subscription service. 2.4 million subscribers. Well, I'm not surprised because of what they've done with all of their movies a lot and, of and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a lot. And and Disney Plus also, I, I didn't subscribe to it. I think it was supposed to also feature a lot of people like the Gaines out of, out of Texas. The, um, was it... Flip or flop, not flip. You know the the home improvement people, uh, the the gain. I don't know their names. The gains couple, um, but that's kind of different from the park. The park is just Disneyland. Well, I, I think it's not just the content, Andrea, that they're coming out with with a lot of these TV shows, but they realize the company. Some of these subscribers are saying, "Okay, I'm not going to give Disney Plus amount uh, another dollar because Disney as a corporation is going too woke." Right. Absolutely. But at least I haven't been to Disneyland in a few years. They're not woke yet at this point. It's still a wonderful experience. And I just think, you know what, why? I think that some of the mocking, because this was like trending on Twitter like crazy today. This is like a huge thing going on right now. So then you got to think, why is there a feeding frenzy on, on Disney adults going on right now? Is it because that's it's still probably one of the most family-friendly, traditional American experiences left in this country? You're not wrong. Right. Think about it. 
oh, these Disney adults, it's like a religion to them. Like football isn't? Like football isn't? I mean, how th- much joy does a family get when you when, when I'm able to take and it's not so often anymore because my kids are grown, but when I'm able to take both my kids and my wife to Disneyland and we spend a family day together, it brings not me so much joy just to be with the people, but to be in that environment because we all enjoy it. it it's it's priceless. Well, and and the it's it, and it's wholesome. You're riding rides that show silly things like, you know, uh, the Indiana Jones ride or, you know, um, I can't even think of a lot of the rides. Small World. and I mean, it's just, it's wholesome, Hey, right? don't forget Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, oh, which I love so much. The Haunted Mansion, um, the little roller coaster rides. I mean, it's 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 a wholesome, fun experience. And it's just, it's a, so I, th- I personally think that that's why this has become like a big thing and why it's trending today. But, you know, but you, it, uh, but compare that to the people that are obsessed with their sports, right? Or the people that are obsessed with. It's no different. Well, yeah, right. Or this Trekkies, I, you know. Yeah, sign me up to that one. Right. We got Comic-Con. Are we ever going to have Comic-Con like we used to have in San Diego? Like I think we used to have it? I don't think so. I don't think it's ever going to come back like it was. And that's a shame because that was, I believe, Andrea, the number one moneymaker for San Diego, period. It was, and it was continuing to grow. It was far past the convention center at the last time I was here before COVID. And it went on. It, it, it Initially, Comic-Con was two days. Then it grew, and, and, and it was well over a week at this point. It'll be interesting to see because I know they took a big hit last year. If this year, if they're going to require some of the same, the masks and the uh, proof of vaccination, if they do that again, Andrea, they are, they're losing so much. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's ever going to really come back because I think it's also one of those things. There's something about human nature where when you stop doing something it's like if you lose your momentum on it you know it's like when i'm when i start snow skiing uh, or if i go snow skiing like i did in the past then i would want to go again and then the next year i want to go again but you take a year or two off from skiing it can it can be hard to get back into it well, you know how many people they turned off because okay let, let's let's say someone wants to go they didn't want to wear a mask they didn't want to regardless of vaccination status show their status that that person doesn't go one year now they might not want to ever go again right so you know people people lose interest they're, they find something else that they're now equally fascinated by because they didn't go. It's, you know, they didn't go the next year and they go, you know what? It's kind of like CPAC. Since I didn't go to CPAC last year or the now, now I don't even think about CPAC anymore. Whereas before it used to be a must, a must go to event. And then it's like, you know what? Do I really want to go back this year? Last year I went and did this and I kind of liked it better. And was it really worth it to me to go? You know what? That Comic Con's a lot of money. Maybe we'll go somewhere else. So it's, it's, you know, once you lose, once you lose, start losing some people, then, then that becomes a momentum. That's why a lot of these businesses, Andrea, especially now that we are on, I don't care what anybody says, the other side of the pandemic, they really need to be careful about the decisions they make because they might lose customers. They, not, they might not ever get them back. Yep. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a break, but stay tuned because I've got a big announcement to share with you guys. Hey, don't forget, you can email me at Andrea K Show. If you miss any part of the show, download a podcast wherever you get your podcast, which you can get here at TheAnswerSanDiego.com or wherever you download your podcast. And you can also listen to us anytime on the stream at TheAnswerSanDiego.com as well. Stay tuned. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I might as well tell y'all my announcement here. It's not like anything super phenomenal, super huge. Is it the same thing you mentioned at the beginning of the show that I'm the greatest producer ever? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's that I'm actually going to take a vacation, a much needed vacation. I think y'all can probably, yeah, many of y'all know I've been under the weather and struggling with some health issues, and I have been doing my best to come in here every night and try to put on a great show for you guys. I am a war slap out. I am just toast, and I just need to go lay on a beach and do nothing for um, the next week or so. But have no fear, because phenomenal fill-in guest host will be here. Tater Skins, of course, will be uh, doing his thing as producer. So you know that it's going to be um, it's going to be a great week of great guests. In fact, um, I'm going to I'm not going to mention who's going to be filling in. I may I, I, I a little surprise. Now I'm going to make it surprise a surprise. But uh, you guys are going to love those that are going to be filling in for us next week and, and all the guests. It's going to be great. OK, so since this is my last show for the week. Hey, real quickly, before yeah. we get to Hero and Stink of the Week. Oh, I, yeah. you know, just spoiled it for you there but uh let's tell people one more time about iron mountain outfitters oh yeah i gotta tell them about iron mountain because um because they're just the best peeps ever and i'm gonna miss them next week pj and dapper dan at iron mountain outfitters um these are my peeps out there that provide the best gear out there for everybody if you're if you're in the the trades or even if you're not and you just need some great hardworking gear that's where you got to go to iron mountain outfitters they've got particular the Carhartt pants. They've got, they are so long lasting and long wearing that they are the best working pants that you could get. They have so many sizes and different colors and styles. It takes up the whole wall there. But they've also got Filson and Browning. They've got hats. They've got jackets. I may be going to a beach area, but it's actually going to be low 60s So uh, there. So I'm actually going to be taking my hoodie because it's February. It's still cold. So I'm going to go lay on a beach, but I'm going to be wearing my, my little, my little uh, Sherpa lined hoodie but oh that reminds me somebody stopped me the other day on the street and asked me where i got that and i told him that i got it at uh, iron mountain um i don't know how many they have left of the sherpa lined hoodies so run do not walk to 8493 la mesa boulevard 8493 la mesa boulevard uh if you want to get one of the sherpa lined hoodies because i don't know many how many they have left yeah but i they keep got- hearing you talk about how long lasting these carhartt pants are i think i want to go down there and check that out myself Well, you should go check it out and they uh, and they're a great value because they're they're not only priced lower than what you would get on the internet, but um, they're also great value because they last so long. And but be but be like my brother in law. Have some that you if you if you're a working man, have some that you wear to work because uh, you might get something on them. Oh, you like know me. The, but then but but if you're a dandy like my man skins, then you want and you just want to wear it look good and have them last long. Uh, then you keep them separate from if you're a working man. So hey, I think Tom Dell would do the same thing. <laughs> yeah um does tom Dell wear anything but button down shirts? Oh, that's actually that's a really good point yeah i don't know so anyway if you're listening pj uh love you guys at iron mountain and i'm going to stop in and say hi to you guys when i get back from the beach run do not walk to iron mountain outfitters all right here of the week and stink of the week do you have one yeah, stink of the week. Let's just give it to the Democrat Party for them praising Joe Biden for that laughable speech, which was nothing but an utter and complete lie. Yeah. Um. Gosh, stink of the week. Um, stink of the week has to be for me. 
confirmation of what I've already known really about the weaponization of the FBI and the DOJ and everything that was once again put forth in front of the American people of the collusion with our top law enforcement agency, our Department of Justice, to control the outcome of our elections, to control our lives, to control our bodies. It's just, it's just evil, right? Um, but um, I have to say maybe above, uh, on top of that, though, is the story coming out now that I think about it. I was thinking about making her the hero, this whistleblower from the St. Louis Trans Clinic. Um, but that story, what we're doing to children, is the greatest stench and stain on this country in its history. And she's documented it. Uh, this center is now under investigation by the uh, Missouri Attorney General for the for harming uh, 600 children who were given these trans blockers for reasons like I don't want to be pregnant and just basically basically this was a you've heard of puppy mills this is a this is a transgender mill they are they we are we are turning children in transgender clinics we're we're pushing children through transgender clinics like they're mills. That's what's going on in this country. Hero, um, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if she's my runner-up or my, my top hero of the week, and that's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I think she delivered a phenomenal Yeah, like speech. you were saying the other day, she went farther than the Republicans have gone in a while. Yeah, you know, would I like her to go even farther? Sure, but I think she had to set the stage. I think she had, and when she's talking to the whole nation, I think she found a good balance. Um, she's confident. She's so strong. She's authoritative. She may not have like the the charisma of a Trump, but um, she. But what we need, even, but neither does Joe Biden, right? I mean, neither did forty one, right? I mean, we've had lots of presidents that didn't necessarily have a lot of charm and charisma. But also, when she talked, when she told that story though about going, and I don't know if you saw this part of the speech when she talked about her and Trump going to Iraq for Christmas. And getting there with, um, and, and she didn't know where they were going. She had to leave her family because it was so secret and flying in the dark and landing on, and landing Air Force One on a landing strip with no lights on it. I mean, and, and the chanting of the military when they arrived, USA, USA, USA. I mean, it really was moving. So she does have some oration skills. And she's got a lot of time to amp that up and actually show more her personal side. And so I'm really feeling Sarah Huckabee Sanders right now. You know, now. I also give it to Ron DeSantis because when that whole groomer story came out, he gave the bottom line interview, which is he's just serving right now the people of Florida. And I can see him saying similar things if he were to run for president. Absolutely. Hey, I'm going to miss you guys. Enjoy your next week off without me. Please support the show and the phenomenal guest host we have filling in. And I will see y'all when I get back. Love you all. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.